From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there and welcome to WIA National News. I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This news for week commencing Sunday the 22nd of February. And in the news ahead... President Phil will join us on the WIA AGM details. WIA John Moyle contest manager Dennis will join us. And in our final final, a silent key who passed just a cat's whisker short of turning 100 years of age. Last week, Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, along with the St George Amateur Radio Club, reminded us to check that our licences are up to date and current by checking on acma.gov.au Well, VK2 News had a look at our WIA website where the sought-after two-letter call signs are available and it was noted that in VK2, 3 and 4 there were a total of 15 call signs available and of these, 12 are listed in the current call book. Some of these could be current active amateurs who forgot to renew or advise a change of postal address. Remember that operation without a paid-up licence is treated by the ACMA as illegal. It is suggested that you do have a look at your licence now and see when it is due and make a note to remind yourself to act and pay in time. It is almost impossible to retrieve a lost call sign once it is issued to somebody else. You can check your call sign listing on the ACMA website and it'll show the period that your licence is current. Three metropolitan Melbourne primary school libraries now have practical lessons on amateur radio thanks to library technician Julie Gonzalez, VK3FOWL, who has been operating from the libraries to introduce amateur radio to students from 8 to 11 years of age. Each month, a different group of six students is invited to the fun lunchtime program of learning and practising the basics of ham radio. Julie, VK3FOWL, has prepared a booklet which covers call signs, operating procedures, Morse code, Q codes and log keeping. Outdoor activities like antenna building and amateur radio direction finding are also offered. The feedback from principals, parents and students has been so positive. Julie encourages other radio amateurs associated with primary schools to give it a go and she suggests you contact the school principal first. More information is available from Julie, VK3FOWL, on request. The school amateur radio clubs operate on 40 and 2 metres at lunch times on Mondays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Julie is interested in starting a net on 40 metres so that her city primary school students can talk to a regional primary school. West Aussie dishes it up. A little space dish in the VK6 town of New Norcia was instrumental in a close encounter Valentine's Day. The Rosetta Orbiter, the European Space Agency's space probe, managed to get within six kilometres of the 67P comet on February 14. This week, at an event in Perth at the University of West Australia, two of the men behind this interstellar meeting revealed some of the finer details of the mission and how they made history when Rosetta's landed, the Philae lander, touched down on the comet. The duo also visited West Australia's New Norcia space station, which has been providing communications as well as tracking and downloading data from the Rosetta. 
the 15-metre antenna, which is stationed about 150 kilometres north of Perth, has played a significant role not only in the Rosetta mission, but in other projects with the European Space Agency, such as Mars Express and Venus Express. To commemorate Anzac Day 2015, the Australian Communications and Media Authority will allow all VK radio amateurs to substitute the AX callsign prefix for up to 48 hours in recognition of the 100th anniversary of the landing at Gallipoli. The WIA, in asking the ACMA for the one-off extension, anticipated there would be a lot of demand for its Anzac callsigns at that time. The WIA recommends that those using the AX prefix do so with a special QSL card because it will be sought after, especially by prefix or special card chasers. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Hi, this is Phil Waite, VK2ASD WIA President. As many of you may already be aware, our 2015 AGM weekend is being held in Canberra. Quite a lot of work has gone on behind the scenes to find a suitable, clean and modern venue that is central and affordable to our members. And by affordable, I mean finding a venue that doesn't want to charge us about $75 for a plate of sandwiches and morning and afternoon tea, which is what the big hotels expect. Thankfully, we have found an ideal venue that has offered us a great deal. So let me start by telling you a bit more about what we have planned and installed for you for the weekend. For those arriving in Canberra on Friday evening, we have an informal dinner and get-together at King O'Malley's Hotel, which is located in the Canberra CBD. The hotel has offered us the use of their Guinness Room, which is also known as the Arcade, for our WIA get-together. The Guinness Room is somewhat away from the main busy part of the hotel. King O'Malley's has a good menu and a good range of beverages both on tap and in bottles, so it should be a great night for those who can make it. Then on Saturday morning, commencing at 9am, we will be holding the WIA Annual General Meeting and Open Forum in the Poseidon Room at the Canberra City Hellenic Club, which is in Moore Street, Canberra. We have a special afternoon program planned that will celebrate 10 years of the Foundation Licence and includes a series of interesting and informative presentations on amateur radio to the future. That night at 7pm we will be holding the traditional WIA annual dinner also at the Hellenic Club. In fact all of Saturday's activities are being held at the Hellenic Club which is pretty conveniently located in Canberra's CBD within easy access to a wide range of hotel accommodation and parking. I mentioned earlier that we'd secured a great deal Well, the morning and afternoon tea, coffee and lunch at the Hellenic Club won't cost $75. It'll be just $21 per head. And a seat at the annual dinner will set you back just $35. During the dinner, there will be a cash bar set up in the room for purchasing your own drinks and refreshments. Then on Sunday, it will be your opportunity to explore the many local Canberra attractions. With the Anzac centenary underway, there is an enormous amount going on in Canberra with exhibits, displays things to visit and to look at. So much so we decided to allow people free choice to tour and visit whatever interests them in Canberra at their own pace. Of course we will be supplying you with copies of Canberra's tourist information brochures and links to websites in your registration information pack so you can plan what you want to see and look at on the Sunday. Online registration will be up on the WIA website shortly. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD. I'm looking forward to seeing you all in Canberra. 
2015 AGM and VK3DN Robert has told us that AGM details are now available from the WIA website. Go to the homepage, select 2015 WIA AGM Weekend under the News and Events drop-down menu. Robert, as well as reminding us where to go, to go and find details of the AGM, also sent in an audio clip he and Jack VK3 Whiskey 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 recorded with one Jim Burrows. Hello folks out there, uh, my name is Jim Burrows, I'm uh, 92 next month. Uh, I was a coast watcher for two and a half years uh, during, during the war when uh, I joined an American outfit and, and an Australian outfit, but I survived uh, after my two brothers were were killed in action. There's only three of us left out of uh, out of a family of seven by the time the war finished. But I wish you all the very best for your uh, AGM at uh, at Canberra. Um, I uh, trust that you all we're all dedicating our thoughts and our best wishes for the folks of that uh, of the people that uh, uh, didn't make it during the uh, during the war and. Uh, I hope you find the um, War Memorial very interesting and bringing back memories of uh, those terrible days of 70 years ago. Um, All the very best and uh, good luck. Thank you. Jim, as he said, was a World War II coast watcher. Now, Jim served in Papua New Guinea as part of M Special Unit, a commando unit that did intelligence gathering, such as observing Japanese troop movements. Jim was particularly expert at high-speed Morse code communication. He served four years in the Army, which included two years as a signaller and coast watcher, nine months of which was in Japanese-occupied territory, New Britain. Most of the tele-radio sets used by the coast watchers were Type 3B. They consisted of a transmitter, receiver and loudspeaker, which had to be transported in three metal boxes measuring 60 by 30 by 30 centimetres. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. VK7 Events News. The annual Meet the Voice barbecue and presentation of the Sewing Circle Trophy will be held at Ross on the banks of the Macquarie River on the 15th of March 2015. Presentations start around 1100 hours. The last item, of course, is the drawing of the raffle, and we have some great prizes, including a dual band handheld radio. One ticket will be given on payment of a $5 registration fee and extra tickets on sale before the draw. And please remember that all funds go towards the repeater maintenance in VK7. Please bring your excess gear along in the boot to sell or swap. The boot sale has been a feature of this event in past years and some great bargains have been found. It's held in the caravan and camping park in Ross and so why not make a weekend of it and there's usually a Saturday night dinner at the local for those in residence. There is also a great website that's been created for this event and the link can be found on the text edition of this WIA broadcast. For VK1WIA, this is Justin, VK7, Tangled Whiskers. Continuing around, VK, VK2 and Amateur Radio New South Wales is having their next field day at Dural, Sunday the 8th of March. The topic, digital modes, with three world-class speakers well-versed in their respective field. The subjects are P25, DMR Radio, D-Star, and the gates are opening at 9am. VK6 and lunch. Wednesday, February 25, 12 to 2 at Bayswater Hotel. 
Opposite the Bayswater train station is where the Radio Ladies Lunch Group meet. And another lunch, the same, in the West, Wednesday the 25th, is Prawnheads. Perth Radio Amateur and Wireless Noodles House Eating and Discussion Society, Prawnheads. They meet for lunch every week on Wednesday. So this Wednesday, 12 to 2 at Chutney Mary's Indian Restaurant, Subiaco. No doubt about it, we radio hams can be a weird bunch. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. What use is an F-call? Curiosity is a wonderful attribute to have. While sometimes it kills cats, amateurs are better off using curiosity to learn new skills. Recently, I had the opportunity to discuss in detail the differences between two radios which I thought I knew intimately, a Yaesu 857D, which I own, and a Yaesu 817ND, which a friend owned, and until then I thought I knew just as well. Not so. We discussed in detail what the differences between these two radios were from a functionality perspective and from a user experience angle. It's not the first time I've looked from my radio to that of a fellow amateur. I've looked at other brands, other models, other installations, even at the same radio, and each time I come away having learned a little more about their setup, and often in passing I learn a little about my own gear. While you're likely to have a fair share of Holden versus Ford type discussions, often it's simple to get beyond that by asking the other person what it was that decided for them to acquire their particular radio. Oftentimes, their selection criteria are completely different from your own, which gives you insight into alternative aspects of amateur radio. So ask away, be curious, learn. Before you know it, you'll feel right at home in the debate between ICOM, Yaesu, Kenwood, Elecraft and several other manufacturers of radio equipment. One tip, my radio is better than your radio, is sure to get people all riled up. So perhaps ask them why theirs is better than yours, who knows? You might even find out that they're jealous of your gear. Be curious. Lots to learn. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. Right across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide's southern suburbs, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater at 0900 hours local. I'm Steph, VK5HSX, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. ARRL warns MITRE over HF broadband. Back in January, we reported on the plans of MITRE to broadcast wideband on HF. Now the ARRL has issued a warning to the company. The ARRL has asked the company that when it plans to conduct experimental transmissions over wide portions of the HF spectrum, either to avoid amateur radio allocations or to announce the times and frequencies of their transmissions in advance. The FCC have granted MITRE Corporation a two-year Part 5 experimental licence, Whiskey Hotel 2, X-Ray Charlie, India, to operate 21 transmitters at 10 fixed New York, New England sites. MITRE plans to test wideband HF communication techniques on a variety of bands between 2.5 MHz and 16 MHz. How not to make a Maltese cross? With effect from last Monday, February 16, 
Malta now has access to the four-metre band. That country's hams can now use between 70 and 70.5 megahertz. The theme of World Amateur Radio Day 2015 will be the International Telecommunications Union and the International Amateur Radio Union celebrating 150 years of advancing the telecommunications art. Each year on April 18th, Radio Amateurs celebrate World Amateur Radio Day, which happens to be the date way back in 1925 when the International Amateur Radio Union was founded. As such, World Amateur Radio Day activities and special events are an opportunity to spread the word about what radio amateurs are doing in the 21st century. And as this is considered to be one of amateur radio's most important annual events, several IARU member societies and associated clubs are expected to sponsor special event stations on the weekend to mark the occasion. Bofeng handhelds go to war. A BBC News report on insurgents in Ukraine showed them to be using what appears to be Bofeng UV-5R handhelds. The Bofeng UV-5R is a popular 5-watt FM handheld at both VHF and UHF. They can be bought on eBay and those Chinese sites for a pittance. Raspberry Pi 2 can reboot if exposed to Xenon camera flash. It appears that the latest version of Raspberry Pi's mini-computers is camera-shy. At least the Raspberry Pi 2 does not like the spurt of high-intensity light from Xenon camera flashes and may reboot itself when exposed to it. The glitch is a result of a photoelectric effect phenomenon. Raspberry Pi creator Eben Upton admitted to the BBC that he had not been aware that the Pi 2 would be sensitive to camera flashes, but that he was not too upset about it Rather, he termed an unintentional educational bonus and an interesting demonstration of the photoelectric effect. The company that created the Raspberry Pi 2 says that it has received in excess of 300,000 orders for the new $35 device in the first two weeks. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Still to come in this edition of WIA National News, operational news and special interest group news. News, talk and radio sport here with VK1 WIA. Good morning, this is Dennis, VK4AE, WIA Coordinator for the John Moyle Memorial Field Day 2015. This year the contest will occur over the weekend of the Saturday the 21st of March to Sunday the 22nd of March and the duration of the contest will be from 0100 on the Saturday to 0059 on the Sunday. Now is the time to continue with your planning for the field day contest as there is only a couple of weeks to go before the event. During the remaining days before the field day you might like to finish checking that all the equipment you have planned to use during the field day actually works when set up. Not a bad idea is to plan to have backup equipment available for the main items of equipment if this is at all possible. Further, have you checked that all of those batteries you have planned to use are actually holding the charge they're supposed to for long enough for the duration of the contest? Of course, if you intended to use a solar panel to charge your batteries, remember that much of the contest is in the night, so the batteries have to last long enough for that reason. 
If you're planning to use a small generator to power your station, it might be a great time to give it a service and clean out all the dust, spider webs and wasp nests that, that may have built up. Do not forget the fuel for the generator and the long lead to allow it to be placed a bit further away to cut down on the noise. Best of luck to all in the field day and I look forward to working a few of you on the day and most of all to receiving your log entry after the event. Thank you. Operational news on Felix, VK4FUQ, Dateline 2015. Jock White Field Day, New Zealand, Saturday, February the 28th and Sunday, March the 1st. John Moyle Memorial Field Day, 21st and 22nd of March from UTC 0100 hours Saturday to 0059 hours Sunday. One station doing the more will be that of the TARC. Happening from Friday afternoon the 20th to Sunday lunch, 22nd of March 2015 at the Burdick and Doug Roadhouse in Caravan Park, Flinders Highway, Selheim. Portable operation is the go, so make sure you bring plenty of batteries and whisper quiet generators if you can. And while we are up this neck of the woods, the Tablelands Radio Group are conducting the National AMNCW for Anzac Day 25 April. In our flagship contest, the Remembrance Day contest this year is on August 15 and 16. With contest manager Alan, VK4SN at wia.org.au. The contest honours the amateurs who died during World War II and is designed to encourage friendly participation and help improve the operating skills of participants. It is held on the weekend closest to the 15th of August the date on which hostilities ceased in the southwest Pacific area. It is usually preceded by a short opening address by a guest speaker transmitted on the various WIA news frequencies during the few minutes prior to the contest. During the ceremony, a roll call of amateurs who paid the supreme sacrifice during World War II is read. Awards All Victorian national parks are now in the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Award Program, but the final four are not yet retrospective. These being Barmer, Gunbauer, Lower Goulburn and Warby Opens. This means prior QSOs from the four don't count for the WWFF program and you will have to reactivate them if you want that award. The Keith Rocher Memorial National Parks Award Manager, Tony Hambling, VK3VT8, says that this is good news and will make those national parks even more popular. Going portable in Victoria's 45 national parks has always attracted the Keith Rocher Award but now all of them dovetail into the WWFF award program. A lot of radio amateurs are following the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award, the WWFF and VKFF programs. The latest KOMNPA certificates have been earned by VK3DAC and VK5YX. Those now with the KOMNPA merit plaque having all 45 national parks are Bernard Petherbridge VK3AV and Paul Simmons VK5PAS. Award conditions and rules are on the Amateur Radio Victoria website and the Yahoo group. For VK1WA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio, Successful Cruise Ship IRLPD Expedition. The recent maritime mobile trip on the MS Celebrity Solstice by the Australian Ladies Amateur Radio Association using the Internet Repeater Linking Project proved a success. While enjoying the occasion, well-known radio amateurs led by Alara National President Jean Fisher, VK3VIP, even had the giant cruiser liner captain and the first officer involved. 
Alara made 40 contacts after leaving Sydney's Circular Quay, travelled down to Hobart in Tasmania for two days, then across to New Zealand using IRLP-enabled repeaters along the way. Alara used the entire Celebrity Solstice supply of postcards for QSL cards. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Ham Radio Near Space Habex 10 to launch April the 25th. The Habex 10 mission is scheduled for launching from South Africa on Saturday, April the 29th. Habex is the acronym for the High Altitude Balloon Experiment and this flight is part of a global space balloon challenge for 2015. New Aussie Pico Balloon Flight A small helium-filled balloon, PS34, carrying a payload was launched from Melbourne on Sunday, February the 15th, taking it on a path north and then across to New Zealand. The solar power balloon, put up by Andy Newton, VK3YT, is equipped with Olivia 8 250 on 434.649 MHz upper sideband and APRS on 145.175 MHz. With its 10 milliwatt transmissions, the flight has been tracked across Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, out to the Coral Sea and down to the north of New Zealand. At last report, it was at a high altitude of 9,332 metres and travelling very well. Thanks to Jim Linton, VK3PC, for that story. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the HAMS domain, putting the Internet into Earth orbit. Space exploration company Virgin Galactic and chipmaker Qualcomm have announced their backing of a venture called OneWeb. Their idea is to put up 648 satellites in orbit about 750 miles above the Earth's surface, where the RF round trip is just a few thousandths of a second. But the two companies are not alone. Not to be outdone, SpaceX immediately announced its own plan to do the same, but upping the numbers by building and launching 4,000, yes, 4,000 satellites to a similar altitude. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, QRP and Weak Signal Communications, the fourth Melbourne QRP by the Bay, held last Saturday at Chelsea Beach, was a great success. There are a good roll-up with about 20 to 25 present, despite ominous weather forecasts. Visitors came from hundreds of kilometres away. Great conversations and equipment was on show and in demonstration. Highlights included a 1950s portable AM transceiver, 1960s 2 MHz emergency beacon, a homebrew 7 MHz handheld transceiver, a suitcase radio and much more. Pencil in the next Melbourne QRP by the Bay Day for the second Saturday of November. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne. Well, we've reached the end of WIA National News for another week. On the social scene, March 15 in VK7, it's Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross. March 21 in VK3, it's D-Star Users Group, 9am Woodend RSL, Anslow Street. March 29 in VK3, EMDRC Hamfest. April 5 in VK2, Yurunga Radio Convention. April 12, VK6, Harg Swap Meet. April 18 in VK4, Redfest, put on by the Redcliffe Radio Club. April 18, Worldwide World Amateur Radio Day. And April 25 in VK3, Anzac Day Radio Afternoon at the Ballarat Showgrounds. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. Joyce Isabel Batchelor, Nee Crowder, VK7YL.
It is my sad duty to inform you that Joy Batchelor, formerly VK7YL, became Silent Key on February the 15th, 2015, at the age of 99. Joy was Tasmania's first VK7 female amateur radio operator, and I was fortunate enough to interview Joy back in September 2008 in conjunction with the National Alara Meet, which was in VK7 that year. It happened to be her 93rd birthday. Joy got her Radio Mechanics AOCP ticket in April 1935. Joy appeared in local papers in 1936 and the article was titled Hobart Girl Holds Distinctive Honour and the picture used in the article appeared on the cover of Amateur Radio magazine some years later. In the 1930s there were only six female amateurs in VK and Joy recalled Madeline McKenzie, Mrs Mack from VK4, Austin and Marjorie Hutchins from VK3, Betty Grable from VK5 and a lady from VK6. In the early 1960s, Joy was interviewed on local television and talked about her life as Tasmania's first and at that stage only female radio amateur. Her favourite band was 20 metres and she struck up many long friendships. When I outlined what we were doing at the Alara meet in 2008, one of Joy's comments were, But aren't they having a field day? They were so much fun at Ross. Joy held an amateur radio licence from 1935 through to 1980 for 45 years and was a pioneer of the hobby. Vale Joy. For VK1 WIA, this is Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.